Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Decades of Strength podcast. Katie Crocus here, along with one co-host today, Marcy Nevin is joining me. How are you, Marcy? I am doing well, my friend. How are you? I'm fine. And so we are missing Kim today. She has got so much on her plate right now. She's moving one of her children into college, I know. She is launching her program right now. There is her world is just just like everybody else's as I feel like the seasons transition and you know whatever you've got going on in your world right now it's probably a busy time um, and it's no exception for her right she would be great it, she would be a great contribution to this topic what we're yes. going to be discussing but I wanted to have the discussion regardless just because I know with the current state of our world still. Mm-hmm. things are really heavy. I kind of feel like, you know, we get this break from the uncertainty and the chaos, and then it's coming back again. Many of my clients, because for all the listeners, they know I don't have children. Mm-hmm. So I'm not dealing with the kids going back to school and having to navigate the COVID situation. And many of my clients already, you know, I'm reading check-ins, I'm getting texts from people who are saying, oh, someone got exposed. Now my kid's back or you know, mask mandates for everyone in the class. And, you know, people are really upset about it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's survival mode for everybody. And I think it's worth mentioning that it doesn't, whether or not you are relating to our specific experiences, which is what we'd like to go into today to get, we're going to get a little personal. We're going to share some deep stuff we're both experiencing and whether or not you can relate to our specific experiences. Everybody has their own stuff, right? I mean, maybe you're trying to you know, co-parent, or maybe you're dealing with, you know, an aging parent of your own and you're becoming the adult and there's all sorts of life situations. And so, you know, what we really wanted to discuss today is how do we navigate survival mode? How does it look today versus how did it look 10 years ago um, and beyond and what's working for us? Because I can certainly say that if this situation that has cropped up in my world happened five years ago, I would not have navigated it the same way I did this time. And it would have had a really poor outcome in my world. Oh, I would have been a mess, Mm -hmm. an absolute mess. Yeah, because I had no emotional stability. Mm -hmm. I had no tools. The only tool I had was the gym. Yes. And and this is going to be a post that I write soon. I've kind of been putting it off because I'm trying to come up with the right language and the way to preface it or Mm -hmm. the way to, to state it. If the gym is your only source of stress management, I'm sorry, but you're screwed one day. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, because one of the other things that you and I have both experienced, and it's why I was looking forward to having this talk with you, because I know you and I can relate to one another about having to slow down Mm -hmm. to speed up. Mm -hmm. So we both had to take a break or a big step back from our training from chasing the physique goal. Mm -hmm. And when you no longer have that, because it is a sense of control in a sense. So like when everything else feels out of control, 
you know, being able to manage your nutrition, being able to, you know, hit the gym really hard, relieve that stress, control how your body looks. It feels, it feels stabilizing in a mm-hmm. sense, but I know, you know, my world got rocked a couple of years ago when I had to put all of that on the back burner to heal. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate that at that point I had already started doing the inner work. I was cultivating the tools to be able to navigate that and really ground myself and emotionally regulate Mm -hmm. without freaking out because I wasn't going to be able to go to the gym. But had I not, I, I would have been like, what do I do with my hands? This is so uncomfortable. Yes, I agree. And I think that you make such a good point about the place we tend to harness our control is the gym and nutrition. And what's really interesting and something that has surfaced for me recently is those are all external, really kind of vanity metrics, right? And I think we, we go to that for security. We feel like, well, if we look okay, and if we present well, everything else will follow. It's the same idea where it's like, oh, if I lose 10 pounds, it'll be great. Like, that's all I need is to just get there. When really what we need to do is the inner work and then things start to come together. And so, I mean, well, let's go into kind of what's going on in our world right now. Should we do a quick little synopsis of sort of where we've been and what we've been dealing with the next or the last couple of weeks and, and then talk about sort of how we're applying it, how we're applying our, my my friend last couple of years. Okay. Years for (laughs) sure. And you know, it's true. It's like, it has been the last couple of years for me. I've had a really intense, um, 10 days, 12 Mm -hmm. days in my past that has completely knocked me off my rocker. And so, um, you know, it's ripe and raw for me with, with like, you know, when you look at like the spikes, like it is, it was like cortisol was through the roof for me this month. And it hadn't been that way for a really, really long time. So, um, I, I kind of like that we can take a, take a, a vantage point of two different perspectives. So why don't, do you, do you want to lead into some tactical well, thing? Why, why don't you start because yours is a little bit fresher. And I do want to commend you because I saw on your stories a couple of days ago, you know, you've gotten so much better about really listening to your body and even your coach, Carolyn, I was watching her stories recently and she mm-hmm. shared something from your check-in, like a mantra yeah. that you had given to her that yeah. what was it exactly about it? You know, so during my check-in, I'll, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's funny because I said it to my, it came to me in a meditation and I said it out loud. And actually I, it came to me in a meditation. I did from, um, Sarah, Sarah Blondin, B-L-O-N-D-I-N. Mm, she's, beautiful. she's extraordinary insight timer. Yes. Oh, yes. So Thank I, you for the reminder. I, I, and we will, we will tag her here. What I love so much about her is her writing is beautiful. And she always has some sort of like this poetic essay on the front end. And it's almost like she's speaking directly to me. I really relate to her words. And then she goes into this gorgeous meditation as a result of the words. So I pulled this from her and the mantra was you saying to your body, I love you. I am listening. And I said it three times. And I was like, okay. And then I said it five times and I'm like, okay, this sounds really silly now. Like I'm not feeling good. I said it 10 times and I bawled. So Mm -hmm. like the level of emotion of taking that, I love you. I am listening to your body. Say it in silence, say it in peace, give yourself time in between each sentence to actually see what comes up. And I could not believe what surfaced for me. I like literally just got chills when you said that, especially because for anyone listening who does not know Sarah Blondin, her voice is 
mesmerizing. Mm -hmm. It's so soothing. So I can hear her voice in my head saying those things. You'll have to send me the meditation because I want to start doing it. But Mm -hmm. that is one thing that I say quite often is your body is always speaking to you. It's your responsibility Mm -hmm. to listen. We shut out our bodies as a survival mechanism all the time. We let our brains run the show, especially if you're someone like you and me, Marcy, who is, we're very, our mat, like the masculine doing energy has always been, we have found a lot of, there's benefits to it, right? Because obviously Mm -hmm. when you need to get something done, that's what you need to channel. But in the absence of the feminine energy, you completely lose sight of your body. And as far as I'm concerned, not hearing that intuition, not being able to access that, that's the same thing as not being able to access that energy of, you know what, there's someone in the room that I shouldn't be here with. I got to get out of this room. So I feel like it's not just about us with like health and nutrition and mindset. It is all encompassing in life. And so, you know, it's almost like you're, if you're not able to reconcile that, you keep getting this call in your head to do something that may not be good for your body. And it's like, it's almost like getting a harassment call that's coming from inside the house, right? Like, have you heard that analogy before? No, I've never heard that. It's like, it's like someone is prank calling you and then you see the number is in, is calling from inside the house and you're like, oh, like scream. I scream. Exactly. Like Drew Barrymore and scream. Anyone who's like close to our age will know that millennials apologies (laughs) for that one. Look it up. It's a good one. Yeah. But you don't want that. Right. So it's like finding time to balance the energy is so important. And that is what has shifted things for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. The, the balance between the masculine and feminine and for the listeners who are not, um, up to speed on what that is. Everyone has both masculine and feminine men have feminine traits yes. and it's not, it's not like feminine as in like, Oh, girly, like wear dresses and put on no. makeup, that kind of thing. So the, the masculine energy is it's the do it's mm-hmm. the, like the push, the hustle, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then the, the feminine is more the slowing down the receptivity, which is something that I've really struggled to do because so much of my self-worth came from my masculine energy and my mm-hmm. ability to get Same. shit done, no matter what was going on yeah. in my life, no matter how bad I felt, no matter how busy I was, like I was just go, go, go grinding all the time. So not only did it make me sick, but I think that like everything it, it, like needs polarity. And when it comes to energy, so let's say, you know, like men and women in relationships, even like you need some, some uh, masculine energy, some feminine energy for that relationship to really work. And I think, I think I know that I've really struggled in my romantic relationships. Like I'll get into that later. Like that's kind of where this vulnerability piece comes in for me mm-hmm. because I'm always in my masculine energy yeah. and men aren't always attracted to that because <laughs> they want, like, cause men get a lot of their, their wor- value, their worth mm-hmm. from being able to provide. So I was there, I was not receptive to that. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh no, I've got it. I'm independent. You know what? Let me do my thing. Mm -hmm. And then I think that the man kind of feels a little bit, you know, shut down or maybe not needed as much. So yeah, yeah, there needs to be a balance of both. And you and I, we need to be in that more receptive. Okay. I will let people help me. I will ask for support Mm -hmm. rather than thinking that I have to do 
everything on my own because that's where my validation and my sense of self-worth comes from. It's interesting. I just got a DM that I actually posted in my stories yesterday from a woman who challenged me in a very sweet and polite way, by the way, um, about adjusting my workout schedule and being able to do it in the afternoon and, and sort of just having the luxury of listening to my body and saying, I'm not going to hustle culture and get it done in the morning because, because that's not what my body's telling me to do. And, and her question was, well, does it have anything to do with the fact that your children are growing up and like, you don't need to mom like 14 hours a day. And I had to give that some pause. And what I was able to come to because she's not wrong. Like that is absolutely part of the part of it. Like, I, you know, if you have children and they're babies and they're young, that is your generally your first priority as a mother. But I realized that I was always someone who not only functioned, but thrived or thought I thrived in chaos mode. And so I was constantly moving the goalposts. I was constantly challenging myself. Like I'm getting up five mornings a week, even though my kids are barely sleeping. I'm going to try doing it six mornings a week or this particular goal is accomplished. What can we do to extend it? And I see these tendencies still surfacing in different ways. For instance, what we experienced with our family in these last couple of weeks, we had to change schools for our children, which in the grand scope of what can go on, not a huge deal, but in our world, it mattered a lot and it took a lot of energy and it was painful. And once that was settled, I immediately, instead of pausing and being grateful and celebrating, I looked for something new to worry about. Mm -hmm. I immediately went to what's the next thing in my family, for my children, in my life that I can pour my worry and my energy into instead of just stopping to celebrate the fact that, shit, we made it. We made it through something that was really intense, that was keeping us up at night, that caused a lot of tears, and instead of just breathing into that grateful space, I was like, what's the next problem? What's the next fire I need to put out? And that's the problem. That is what makes the cortisol levels rise and never come down. And it has this ripple effect on our lives, right? Like you could probably speak to cortisol and how it's like, you it's up oh. here and, and then it just sort of just affects everything, right? Or it's up there for so long and then it crashes like mine did. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that's not a situation that you want to get yourself into, which unfortunately I think that the majority of people probably are in that space and they don't even know it mm -hmm. because yes. again, I've, I've said this quote so many times, you can't read the label when you're inside the jar, I've but also I think that not even, I think I believe that many of us do not know how good we are supposed to feel. So when our body is functioning optimally, we're thriving. We don't have cortisol imbalances. We don't have thyroid issues, gut health issues, all of that. Like we're supposed to be energetic and clear headed and vibrant and, you know, feel really good. So mm -hmm. now that I've done all of that internal healing on my body, uh, cause that was a season that I was in for a while. And I mean, in a sense, like I still am kind of in it because there's still more work to do. Like my, I've messed up my hormones so bad that I'm still like crawling myself out of that hole and yeah. it's definitely improved, but I still have more work to do. Like I said, um, so I think with that, it's like, now that I, like the veil is being lifted, the fog is clearing. I was like, this is how I'm supposed to feel like, Oh, <laughs> yes. this is pretty amazing. Uh, yeah. You know, but when we get in that state where we're just go, 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 we're not listening to our body, mm -hmm. then either we crash completely or we're just walking around, you know, not 
not feeling well. Um, so I think that's a very real thing. It is. And I think what was so shocking to me when I first experienced it was I always thought I don't overdo it on CrossFit. I get plenty of calories. I am, I, I manage my strength training and my recovery, or I thought I managed my recovery. I manage my strength training and my caloric intake in a way that's, that's healthy for my body. But that's not what drove me to that state of a high cortisol. It was stress. It was, mm -hmm. it was um, stress that was not elective, right? Like it was, you know, beginning a business and, and, and making a living and, and the start Writing of COVID. And, and writing a book. And I suppose some of those things were elective, but in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm managing this food and this, and this training so well. And I, that I'm great. I was not getting enough recovery from the stress of other things. And that mm -hmm. was what drove me into the ground. And it wasn't until, oh my God, it was, it was so far gone that I actually realized what was going on. And then I think at the time being someone who was in a relatively lean place, for me, probably I, sh I should say a very lean place for me and for my body. I didn't have the ability and the stamina to recover. Now, managing all of those things today at this, at a different body fat percentage, I'm a different person. I really mm -hmm. am able to take the time to pause. And I, I know for a fact that I need to do this um, you know, this, th these meditations and this, these gratitude practices and this breath work. And that's been so helpful for me but I can, I've got this now. I know I do. And I think a lot of that is a, as a result of gaining a little bit of weight, taking a little bit of rest, transitioning to a place where I can actually have a goal that is not physique related. Um, because yeah, that that's all well and good and fun, but to, to, to maintain that for a long time and then have another added stress compound on top of it, you're much less resilient. Yeah. So that's a really great point that you brought up. And I'm glad that you mentioned it because I've, shared how I went to that powerlifting gym years ago yes. and I was forced to gain 15 plus pounds in three months, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to lift there. And one of the things that he said to me was Marcy, you have no reserves. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really get it at the time. And now I do. So I went in there. I mean, I guess what was probably underweight, but like, I thought that I looked fine. Mm -hmm. I, and I, I guess I thought that I felt okay. Uh, I, okay enough to know what I was getting myself into when mm -hmm. I stepped foot in that gym. Like I was going to be training very intensely. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, I was doing well enough. I think being in that environment tanked my health again, but yeah, he said, you don't have the reserve. So God forbid you get sick and you end up in the hospital, you know, you're going to be severely underweight and uh -huh. that is no bueno. So we got to put some weight on you you know, so that you can one train hard, be resilient. And that if you were to get sick or anything happened, then you would have the reserves to be okay. So that really did stick with me. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I needed to gain that much weight or mm -hmm. that quickly, but yeah, putting some body fat on me was likely the best thing. And now what you were saying about moving the goalposts, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I sat in that discomfort of that weight gain for, I don't know, probably at least a year. And it was, I think it was about six months, six to eight months, maybe before I, I left there in September, I started working with Vince in March. So however many months that is. And six. then when I was working with Vince, I had to 
do the healing work for about 12 weeks before I could go into a fat loss phase. And mm-hmm. then I went into a, a very intense fat loss phase for about nine months, got incredibly lean, not to the point where I could have like stepped on a stage, but we kind of, we were treating it like a figure competition, mm-hmm. so to speak, or like mm-hmm. a prep. Um, so I did get very lean and it was interesting because like, I was so proud of myself. I loved how I looked Mm -hmm. and now I compare the pictures. I think I said this on the last episode, like I compare the pictures. I was like, oh gosh, like that was not a good look. I felt awful. Mm -hmm. Right. And now here I am like eight pounds heavier, feeling really good, you know, not having issues with food when it comes to like thinking about food all the time, being hungry, Mm -hmm. uh, just what I say, like lifestyle lean. So I'm maintaining a fairly lean physique, but still living a really like quality of life, Mm -hmm. um, regardless. But a couple of weeks ago, I said to him, I was like, Hey, you know, let's do a little mini cut. Like I'm ready for it. He's like, okay, like, let's go. Uh, and now I was like, wait, what, like, why do I want to do that? What is the point? Sometimes I like to do it to like sharpen my skills as a coach and sure. you know, to put myself in my client shoes. So I know what they're going through. And also just to practice some discipline and, you know, mental resilience, things like that. I don't feel like I, like, I know that it's not going to make my quality of life better. It's not going to make me happier. If anything, it would probably make me feel worse. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, why can't I just embrace where I am right now, mm-hmm. where I have so much on my plate I know. and putting myself into a diet where it's like, he takes calories very low. So I would not be yeah. a happy camper. Like I've gotten used now to like pretty high carbs, like fairly high calories for my body weight. And it's wonderful. So do I want to go back there? No, but to your point, what you were saying before about, you know, always needing to be kind of like in that go, go, go mode, but not even that, but just like putting more stress on yourself. Like, okay, I've come down off of this really stressful experience, this chaotic time. Well, now I need to find something else to worry about. And your Mm -hmm. husband said that like, Katie, why can't you just chill the F out? Yeah. And I do the same thing. And so a couple, uh, maybe a couple months ago, I listened to this episode on the Goop podcast. Are you familiar with that? I am. Yes. Yeah. So it's Gwyneth Paltrow's company Goop, you know, it's their podcast. It's amazing. And the girl that I mentor every Saturday morning, because I don't know if I've shared this, I went through the 12 step process years ago when I was basically at my emotional rock bottom. And I was not an addict in the sense of like, oh, I did drugs. I drank alcohol or anything like that. I was an emotional addict. I was literally addicted to my own negative emotions. The really? thoughts in my head that ran the show. Is that so a diagnosis? Was, did somebody- No, it's not diagnosis. That was it's, your self-assessment. Yeah. Right? So I'm it's curious. like it's the, the woman who took me through the steps, yeah. um, it's kind of what she coined it as. And then okay. she actually created a whole program and course around emotional addiction, emotional insobriety. Wow. And now um, like the way that I kind of stay in recovery, one, my coach Vince, um, he and I, and then it's one other girl, we have kind of like a meeting every Tuesday mm-hmm. where we talk about all this stuff. Like, where are you? You know, what's coming up from you or for you? Like, are you? like committed to your process? Are you slipping back into old behaviors or old mindsets? 
so yeah, one of the way that I kind of maintain my quote unquote sobriety is to show up to these meetings and then also sponsor or support this other girl who is basically the former version of myself. Uh So I love our conversations. I look forward to them every, every week. And yeah, whenever I'm supporting her, it makes me feel so much better about myself. Like all of my issues go away, but she is the one who turned me on to the Goop podcast. And she's like, Mm. you have to listen to this episode. And it was all about stress. I can't remember the name of it. I'll put it in the show notes, but it was really great. And one of the things that this woman was saying, and this happens to, I think women especially, is we are so used to being in that fight or flight state. Mm-hmm. And it's basically, you know, how we evolved. So running from the tiger, we are, mm-hmm. we're always feeling like we're being chased. Well, we're no longer being chased. We still have these external stressors. So, you know, work, relationships, kids, whatever it is. So we always feel like we're under attack or we're going to be under attack. Mm -hmm. So anytime you allow your body to just calm and chill out and sit in silence and not do anything, not need to distract with social media, with food, with alcohol, with whatever Mm -hmm. it is that your numbing agent, like that you turn to Mm -hmm. basically what your brain is saying or doing is I I'm going to be attacked. So mm-hmm. kind of like what you were saying about the, the call in the house, yes. it's like your brain thinks that there's <laughs> like a monster, a monster yes. in your house. And the moment you get quiet, it's going to pounce. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a trauma response. It's, you know, this, yeah, this feeling that I cannot just allow myself to be I have to be constantly worrying. I have to be constantly in my head. And I think that's what I was doing too, you know, addicted to these negative thoughts, because if I turn them off, if everything is good, then the monster is going to pounce, you know? And there, there's, there are things that can be done to help alleviate that need too. And I think that's where people get stuck because it's difficult work. I mean, it's, it's not, difficult. I mean, it's a different kind of hard than a calorie deficit and lifting weights, which is the one most people are like, Oh God, that's hard. And it is, but not, not to me in my experience anyway, nearly as hard as facing the monster inside me, doing the inner child work, stopping and really thinking, where did this come from? What is this challenge? What is this behavior doing? And why do I think it's serving me? Because no matter what you do, maybe you're recovering from, you know, binge eating disorder or alcohol or whatever, you know, sort of addiction mechanism or numbing mechanism you have, it's serving you in some way. What is that? Finding Mm -hmm. that answer and understanding why you're doing it and then finding a way to shift it and realize that you don't need that anymore. Maybe your body did need that for a while. Maybe it served you for a little while to keep you alive in some way, shape or form to keep you moving forward. But you probably don't need it today, especially Mm -hmm. if it's something that really is damaging and taking the time to really sort of peel the layers back and, and get raw and real with it. God, it's painful. It's hard. It's deep. It's, it's really dark, but that to me is what allowed me to rebuild from a healed space instead of just constantly trying to like cover up this like cracked interior that I, that I wasn't willing to touch or really look mm-hmm. at for so long. Yeah. And I'll be very, I guess, vulnerable when I say this, but I've gotten a lot better at sitting alone by myself, like being with myself. And as you mentioned, mm-hmm. the workouts, the calorie deficits, 
it's hard. You yeah. know, it takes some resilience and some willpower, not resilience, but willpower, fortitude, but the real work mm-hmm. is the inner work. Absolutely. And, and if you're not doing that, well, good luck mm-hmm. having that physical transformation or at least maintaining it. Exactly. You know, because your physical body is a reflection of your inner world. Mm-hmm. So with all of this work that I have done over the past couple of years, like out of necessity, I have gotten to the place where I can be with myself. I can love myself. I'm not trying to run from myself. Like I think a lot of people are. Yeah. And I don't feel the need to distract, which is, it feels really great. However, where I see it coming up for me is with work. So I think that I like go, go, go. And I keep myself busy with work mm-hmm. because when the work ends, then I'm thinking to myself, like we were saying before, what next? Yeah. And the script that runs in my mind is I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I should be, I should be launching a course. I should be putting out a group coaching program. I should be writing a book. I should be doing what all of these other, I should be starting my own podcast. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because we see in the space, what all of these other people are doing. Yeah. And I still fall into the comparison trap. Oh, me so too. It's like when my work is done for the day and I could have had eight calls with clients, recorded a podcast, created content, you know, like done quite a lot mm-hmm. and been productive and, you know, really supported people. And I still feel like it's not enough. So when I don't have anything to do, it's like, I'm sitting with myself being like, okay, Marcy, well, you got to do something like (laughs) what's the next thing. And, and I don't know what that looks like right now. I don't even know if I want to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, it's like, I kind of keep myself busy. I don't delegate Mm -hmm. the things that I do not enjoy doing in my business, partly because I'm afraid of slowing down and those thoughts that are going to come in. Yeah. Or, or feeling like, okay, it's go time. Like step out of the comfort zone again, do something else, create something else. Mm-hmm. And know? sometimes doing all that. And at the end of the day, you're like, oh, like think like wiping the sweat off your brow thinking, okay, I'm at neutral. Like doing all of those things you just did. And you're like, it's almost like, okay, I, I, I passed the day. When meanwhile, you just like beyond crushed the day. But in your, from your perception, you're like, I barely crossed the finish line. I just made it. And I think that for me was, was what made me realize that I needed to reset my expectation for what productivity, and I'm using air quotes for that, looked like because my benchmark was ridiculous. I was requiring things of myself that were entirely unnecessary and unrealistic in a sustainable way. And so once I started to make sure that I started every one of my mornings with meditation, the first thing I do when I wake up, I don't consume any social media. I don't, I don't, I do not plug into the world until I've meditated first thing in the morning, every morning. And I found that grounding myself that way has been extraordinary because, oh my God, I used to get up. I used to look at my phone. I used to turn on the news. I used to have a cup of coffee, all of these madly stimulating activities that just kick me into fifth gear 60 seconds after I hopped out of bed. Mm-hmm. Like what would happen if you just sat in the moment? It's the easiest time of the day to actually relax. Because if you think about it, like during the day, no one wants to relax. And then at the end of the day, all you want to do is relax. Like what if we took advantage of those moments in the beginning of the day 
and really seized those feelings that are just still so close to the surface after just waking out of bed. To me, that, and people talk about, I think it's called morning routine. <laughs> I haven't yeah. used that term, but that's all it is, right? But doing, and it doesn't have to be a big effort. It's today I did an 11 minute gratitude meditation from David Gandelman, another person I love on Insight Timer. And it felt incredible. Yesterday morning, I opened my eyes and I could see this amazing sunlight coming through our shades. It was almost orange. So I went outside and just watched the sunrise. And that was my version. That commitment to not plug into the world until I've had a chance to find some gratitude, set my intention for the day has been the one, the single best thing I've done for myself. And so if, if someone out there is like, gosh, what can I do? Where, what's one small thing I can do today? I would say for me, that would be my recommendation. And I'd wonder 100%. about what you, what you think about that or what you might suggest for something like that. Well, <laughs> if you watch my stories with any frequency, you know, oh, I journal every single morning. Yeah. Non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, are there days when I miss occasionally, but very infrequently. So today mm-hmm. we're recording for, for me, what is early. So we started this at seven 15 yeah. California time. And I have not been sleeping well the past couple of days. So, and I've had a very, I hate this word busy, but for lack of a better one, eventful, I'll say eventful days where I'm like, go, go, go. And so sometimes I am in that like fight or flight mode when Mm -hmm. I, uh, or in the evenings, like last night, I didn't even get home from the gym until eight 15. Mm -hmm. And then I like went out for a walk. I still needed steps. I had work to finish. So here I am like, working up until about 1030 at night Mm. and then still being in that fight or flight state. So having a hard time falling asleep. It's like my body was tired, but my brain wouldn't shut down. Mm -hmm. So I set my alarm for 630 and I got up and I didn't even allow myself to sit there. It was like, you are getting your ass up and you are going for a walk. So Mm -hmm. that's what I did. And then I came home, made my coffee and I journaled for, I don't know, maybe five minutes, Mm -hmm. but yeah. That's the, that's my morning routine. Mm-hmm. Every single morning I go for a walk. Well, I shouldn't say that every single morning. I, I absolutely journal. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do like a meditation or a visualization, but my journaling takes quite a long time because I do this form of emotional release writing. So it can take like 20 to 30 minutes, which I know people are like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe like she has time for that. It's like, well, let's be realistic. I don't have children, <laughs> but well, also, you know, get up earlier because it like, I would get up at five o'clock in the morning if I had to, and mm-hmm. I have to get yeah. this in because it is so important for setting the tone mm-hmm. for my day. And, you know, sometimes I will go for a morning walk after that. Um, I've kind of like gotten out of the habit of doing that every day, but my steps get done regardless, mm-hmm. but yeah, the journaling, because again, it sets the intention. It mm-hmm. allows you to start your day from a place of response, not reactivity. Yes you know, a place of gratitude yeah. where that's where our power lies. When we are in the present moment, that is where our power lies. So if you're in reaction mode from the get-go, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to make those self-honoring choices as the day goes on. Because I said this in the podcast that we recorded last week, which I don't think is going to be released today. We're going to try to get this episode up today and then record or release the the one we recorded last week, next week, because Mm -hmm. it's a two-parter. Right. uh, And that is with Kim. Um, But I was saying something about your brain and how when you are emotionally flooded, 
when your brain gets flooded with cortisol, then the like decision-making center of your brain turns off. Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, we have the best of intentions to, you know, eat well, go to the gym, not, you know, grab the snacks when we feel stressed out, uh, you know, like respond to people rather than react to them. You know, all of those kind of higher self versions of us traits of us. And then when that decision-making center part of the brain gets shut down because we're full of emotions, you know, we kind of go back to, to old behaviors. So for me, I know for you too, Katie, being able to start your day in a slower state and really Mm -hmm. ask yourself, like, who do I want to be today? Yeah. What am I grateful for? What is good in my life? And how can I move forward mm-hmm. with like seeing the things from that lens yeah. rather than, you know, why, why are things happening to me? And so many of us who are coming or transitioning out of these places that you and I are talking about, believe that it has to be this monumental, tragic, painful effort to be successful. And that is so not what we're, I think, I hope everybody is gathering. Like, I heard you I heard you say that five minutes of journaling is all you got done yesterday. And, mm-hmm. and that counts, like whether it's 20 or whether it's 30 or whether it's two minutes or whatever, that is meaningful. And so for me, I mean, I'll kind of wrap up my thoughts here. I think the takeaway is just do something and don't think that if it's small, it's meaningless because the small intentional efforts are so much more powerful and can do so much more for you. So I guess if it's like between doing a, you know, carving, taking 15 minutes out of your workout for some meditation or the 60 minute workout, oh my gosh, please, please down, please take something else out so you can make room for something more restorative, even if it just feels like a tiny sliver of your day. Right. And I know that people will say, oh, do self-care so you can show up better for other people. It's like, well, I mean, sure. That's wonderful. That's the ripple effect, but yeah, do it so that you can show up best for yourself so that you can feel good. So you can make yourself proud. And Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who are listening are moms. They're, they're giving to other people. And even though I don't have children, I am a coach. So I'm constantly pouring from my cup all day long seven days a week. Like I'm, I'm on in a sense, my boundaries are less than (laughs) that's another podcast. I'm working on that. Yeah. That's another podcast. (laughs) Um, but I was telling you this Katie recently that lately I just kind of felt this like emotional sense of fatigue that Mm -hmm. I've never, not that I've never experienced, but like that really hit me Mm. a month ago. I felt like I was firing on all cylinders, just like go, go, go. Like everything was flowing. And then a couple of weeks ago, I had a, a very emotionally draining experience mm-hmm. where I got some news that was, it was devastating to me, you know, and it was this like, just extreme sense of betrayal. It was mm-hmm. a huge loss and like something else had happened a couple of days previously. So now there's this like void in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh God, if Marcy's going to cry, if you <sighs> don't know, like I cry all the time. Um, there's this void in my life. And like the person who I really felt like kind of seen and supported by mm-hmm. who I could like come to 
like tell like what is going on in my life too. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I have my girlfriends and all this, but like, this was just different. Mm -hmm. Like that relationship is like non-existent, which is for the best. I mean, I think I know that, but it just feels like since the pandemic happened, I, it's just like one emotional hit after the other. Um, so where I, I incurred like quite a bit of loss in a one month period, like my five-year relationship ended. So here I am like thinking, oh, I'm going to be with this person forever. And then like all of a sudden that's gone. And then a month later, my gym shuts down, which is like the majority of my business, Mm. you know? So talk about survival mode. Mm -hmm. Like that's, you know what I was like, I have to just like do, 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 because it's all on me. I don't have a backup plan. I don't have, you know, a support system anymore, like in case something goes wrong. And I feel like I've just kind of been in that space ever since, like, even though my business, like my online business, I mean, so grateful that I started that when I did, or else I don't know where I would be right now. You know, it would be a very scary place. Um, Mm -hmm. And that, you know, continued to take off and has been growing, which is amazing. It's what I've wanted for so long but it still feels like I can't slow down because, oh, if I do, then yeah, the monster's going to attack. Like, and I don't have that support. So now, you know, I've kind of like incurred this other loss. Um, and it was, it, it was difficult. It was really rough, but what I did say, because I wrote a post about it, not like explaining the details, but I was like, I felt when I got this news, I was so in my power and in my grace and I was able to just like sit there and I felt like a lighthouse in the middle of a storm because like what I wanted to do when I was like hearing this, you know, information was like, shoot off an angry text and just, you know, like, I can't believe you did this to me. Like, how dare you? Mm -hmm. You did this to me again, you know, all the like, and, and blame that person and point out all of his flaws and mistakes. And I was like, no. I'm going to be in my grace. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to take this in and I'm going to process it. And I did. And it felt amazing. Oh, wow. And the only way I was able to do that was because of having done all this inner work. So like I journaled yes. about it. I walked, I, what I call this like moment to moment shifting. Sometimes you have to bring your mind back to the present moment over and over again throughout mm-hmm. the day mm-hmm. to reground you to remind you of who you are Mm -hmm. and, you know, what you were capable of. Yes. And, you know, because those thoughts that they will creep in. And I, I was telling myself stories, like all of my old stories, you know, were coming back and I was like, no, we are not going to go here again. Mm -hmm. So what is a more true, more supportive thought? And then I would think that, um, but like, I kind of got off on a tangent, but yeah. So I think like I was doing really well with it. And then I almost like hit this emotional wall where, I just felt like tired in my bones, yes. you know, yes. and, and I was exhausted and I'm feeling so much better now, thankfully, but sometimes I feel like I'm always supporting others. Like mm-hmm. who is supporting me? Mm-hmm. Who is asking me like, Hey, are you okay? Is everything good? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of women can relate to that. So mm-hmm. if you are ever asking yourself that question, just remember like one, no one is coming to save you. <laughs> So you kind of have to save yourself, even if you do have a support system, mm-hmm. it still is all on you, you know, mm-hmm. like in a sense where 
you have to do the mindset work. You There's responsibility on your end as well. Even if you yes. have the most supportive spouse, parents, children, whatever your lifestyle is, that could all be a well-oiled machine. But if you haven't addressed what's going on inside internally, and if there is chaos there, you'll never be able to really, truly appreciate everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because other people, other things, it's a Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. You have to get really comfortable with you. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this was big today. I could keep talking, but I've got to, I have to run, unfortunately. Well, I hope that this conversation allowed somebody else to be inspired to sit and see what surfaces in their own world. And instead of running from it, being with it, and then finding a way to accept it and know that everything is okay. It is okay to feel scared. Is it okay to feel alone? These are not feelings you need to numb. And actually really thinking about them is probably what's going to heal them. Mm -hmm. Yes. Feel the feelings until they no longer need to be felt. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes that is the hardest part is you have to sit in that discomfort and let them move through you because they Mm -hmm. will emotions, thoughts. They're just like waves. They come and go Mm -hmm. and, and they will they will go, they will not be here forever. And then at that point, then you can ask yourself, okay, what is the most self-honoring choice that I can make right now? Yes, they, they will go. I mean, anyone who's ever listened to, um, Glennon Doyle knows that she says first the darkness, then the light. And Mm. I can look back at every single dark period of my life and point to the light that came after it. So Mm -hmm. that, that doesn't always help me in the moment, but hindsight, like it's always, you know, we look, we look for evidence as humans. And I have a lot of evidence in my history that after the darkest times, there's always been a shift into something that I needed. Yeah. There's always a lesson. So I think Mm -hmm. to wrap up one, listen to your body. What is Mm -hmm. it telling you? Mm -hmm. Also look at your habits. What is that telling you? You know, the things that you turn to, to shut off, to, Mm -hmm. uh, to cope, Mm -hmm you know, that's sending you a message that something needs to be paid attention to. Mm-hmm. And that is the work. Yes. Yes, it is. Well, we will be back next week with Kim. We have the first of a two-part series that we're very excited to share more about. Uh, and right. uh, it was great Thank talking you know. to you, Mars. Great talking to you too, Kate. Have a good day. Bye everyone. Bye everyone. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.